Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Me is live out there. Man, I like you guys. Man, I'm excited for what God's going to do in the church today. I had always wanted to rip my shirt off in front of people. I don't know why. <laughs> Just something I had to do. I mean, like, who gets to do that, right? So anyway, I'm excited for all you guys to dress up, brought your kids in costume and outfits. So we got so many Supermans around here, so I'm excited about the DC people out there. I got made fun of last night with my Marvel crew at the photo booth, and some kid beat me up and threw some... Here's another, one of the guys with us, he got punched and he decided to pretend to fall and he fell and hit, the, hit a light with his head, which was awesome. And uh, he's, he's okay though, the light's okay. I mean, that was good. He's doing good. It's Coleman. He's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I was like, yeah, it looks like you got hit pretty good. So, but anyway, we had a great time last night. And I'll say thanks for being here. We're excited for what God's gonna do today. And so we're gonna jump into our second part of our series called Mastermind. And we're gonna dive into Philippians chapter four here in a little bit. And uh, just in a way of starting out, and I know this question is gonna be a little embarrassing. So I'm just gonna have all participation though so we can all be embarrassed together. So maybe you're like me, but how often do you make irrational or do you make irrational decisions often? Anybody like that out there say, I make irrational, illogical decisions often. Keep the hands up. Keep those hands up. Illogical, rational people, all those people out there. All right, if your hand is not in the air, all you perfect people, we love you. All right, you keep your hands down. Put your hands down. All right, you guys are perfect people. You can uh, polish your halos today as I speak. Be cool. <laughs> this sermon is not for you. It's okay, though. You might lean an ear in for perfect people. Um, but if you're like me, uh, I make a lot of ir- irrational, illogical choices, uh, like, all the time. I don't know why. Uh, like, I'm going to try to be healthy, so, you know, I'm going to eat right. And so, like, two hours later, there's, like, this thing called a teardown huddle, and something happened last week. These Big Daddy Donuts showed up. <laughs> something about Big Daddy Donuts and, and people, you know. It's like the health kick, and you get one donut, and you're like, oh, that's okay, no big deal. And then, like, 12 donuts later, you know what I'm talking about? You eat the whole box, and then you kind of wash down with the cinnamon roll. It's like, what in the world is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Just like eating all this stuff. I'm going to be healthy. And Taco Bell turns. like, what am I doing at Taco Bell? Pepsi. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys got big tests coming up tomorrow. You're going to spend all night playing video games. You're going to hang out with your kids, maybe playing some Fortnite to 2 a.m. That's the best preparation for a test, as always. Uh, Maybe you're like me. You're like, I'm going to get wise to my finances, so I'm going to, like, spend my money wise. So for, like, 11 days straight, things are going good. Beans and rice taste amazing. Ramen noodles. Amen. And so you do your thing, it's all going well, the Excel sheet's all cleaned up, it's working out. Then all of a sudden you get this itch, something go well, and you're like, man, I gotta spend some money. So you find yourself at like every like woman's dream target, and uh, she's spending all your money, and you're like, I best I'll spend some money too. So you decide to buy a new car, which is always cool, you know, just randomly just do that. I mean, that's how it happens, right? It's like kind of illogical. Diane did something illogical, is she in here right now? I mean, she's not here to defend herself. Okay, here's my chance. <laughs> just kidding. So yesterday, still recording this, yeah. So this other person I don't know said this to me. No, i kidding. So they're recording it. But then, so yesterday, I'm out to hang out with Jack in my driveway, and Diane said something really illogical, which I kind of thought was illogical. She said, hey, looks like you got some gray hair in your beard. There's no logic to that. What are you saying, babe? She goes, you look distinguished. I said, okay, I'm going to look distinguished today. She goes, it could be worse. You know, at least you have your hair. I said, okay, for now. I was like, come on, babe. There's no logic here. You're just tearing me down. But so if I, if I sound older today or I look better, it's because I'm distinguished while I'm preaching. So 
just illogical decisions. Man, we behave irrationally, don't we? I mean, some things in life we should apologize for, we don't, and some things we take responsibility for, and we don't. There's things in life we should do differently. So I'm gonna give you an illustration of kind of why we do things irrational. So I was growing up, uh, I shared a room with my brother, and uh, we basically had this room above a garage. We didn't live in the garage. I know you may think that at times. And so we had a pretty big room, and I hope you don't judge me, because I know some of you are gonna judge me when I say this, but I hope you don't judge me, because I know you're going to anyway. But we had this giant four by eight, like table, we had a train set. Okay, what can I say? <laughs> Some people were jocks and cool. And we had a train set. So it was awesome, you know? So I was like an electrical engineer because we exactly knew what we were doing at 10 years old. And so we built this train set, O2 gauge. It's cool. Nobody. Nobody knew what that means. That's cool. So it's the size of the track. It's cool. So anyway, set this up and ran the wires everywhere. Got this thing running. Uh, of course, we had a lot of fun with it. And of course, we thought we were like geniuses, you know, because we knew how to like strip back wires and put them on screws. So we decided it'd be a really cool idea about 11 o'clock at night to, uh, you know, use that outlet called the happy face and stick the wires in the outlet. Because that's what, that sounds like fun, you know, like you're 10 years old, like give us wire. It's like matches and gasoline. We're going to find something to do with it, right? And so we stuck it in there. Boom, 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 playing with the little sparks. Anybody done this? Cool, it's just me. That's cool. <laughs> Explains everything, you know. <laughs> so of course you know what happens. Boom! Whole power sets off on our side of the house. And so we're kind of freaking out, like, oh no, what are we gonna do? We couldn't the parents to find out. And so we were so fortunate that only our side of the house like went out. So we're like, sweet, we're gonna solve this problem. So we went down and found the breaker, clicked it on, and boom, back into the magic, started flipping more sparks, you know? <laughs> this is what we do for fun, right? So my point is this. The reason we do illogical stuff is because we got electrocuted. No, it's good. We got our wires crossed. We crossed some wires. You ever done that before? Anybody wired up something that only turned on when the headlights worked? Like the radio? Anybody done that? Nope. Yeah, just, just Kentucky. A little bit. So we, we had our wires backwards in our brain. We talked about last week, sometimes our neuropathways lead us the wrong direction. Matter of fact, when you think, you actually create a pathway. And the more you think about something, the more that pathway gets ingrained. And so your default thought is to always go back to the thoughts you always have, which is really good if your thoughts are always positive. Where's your halos? All the halo people. Yeah, you're like, yeah, my thoughts are always good. All right, but it's really bad if your thoughts are negative, right? And for most of us, we struggle, the, the real people in the room. <laughs> we kind of struggle, right? There's things in life that kind of drive us into the wrong spots. There's some lies we've told ourselves in the past. And so we create a pathway that we follow over and over and over again. I believe that the battlefield of the mind is a battlefield that we have to win. And this is something I struggle with. I'm a real person, believe it or not. I know some people are like, it's a pastor, he's not real. I'm a real dude. I struggle with stuff all the time. You have hurts and loss and disappointments, but I have a real God that solves these problems. So today I'm gonna preach from my own position. I'm gonna share some real personal stuff later uh, to encourage you with some words. But I just wanna talk about the battlefield of the mind. God's truth is warring against the enemy's lies all the time in your mind. Whether you know it or not, or believe it or not, you're fighting for every single thought. Paul said this last week, or we talked about last week what Paul said. He said, the weapons you fight with are not earthly weapons. You're fighting with heavenly weapons that have the power to tear down, demolish, vanquish, and destroy the strongholds in your life. That the power of God can take captive every thought and bring it obedience to Christ. You can be changed from the inside out. Man, I'm inspired the way that Paul fought and won the battle of his mind. You can imagine him sitting in a prison cell and waiting execution in a Roman cell. Sitting there, come on, God, where you been? Like, I, I gave my life for this. This is it. And you look how he ends the book of Philippians. We're going to look at the end of it. And this is what he doesn't say, which is absolutely incredible to me because I probably would have said some of this. He said, man, I'm so discouraged. I don't know where God's at. Hey, guys, I'm hurting out here. Can you send somebody my way? Hey, pray for me, guys. Pray for me. I, don't, I didn't know how I got here. I can't believe this happened to me. Where is God? 
This is what I signed up for. Just send somebody to pray for me. But instead he says this in Philippians 4, 8 about his mind. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thought. Just one more thing. Just don't forget this thing I'm going to give you. Fix your thoughts. Somebody say, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Fix your thoughts on the things of God. Fix every thought you have on the things that are right, the things that are good. I know your brains are a little wired differently, but you gotta rewire your brain. Fix your thoughts on the things of God. Let me give you an illustration of what this looks like. And so before I do that, I skipped a verse, so I'm sorry I messed that up. But New King James says this, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Man, we're supposed to think good things, amen? I mean, some of us drive around like everything is terrible, everything's falling apart. That's how we naturally think. And I'll give you a really real illustration, something that's just to the heart of what this looks like for our lives. How do we fix our thoughts on the things of God? And so I was on a missions trip in 2013 to Columbia, Bogota, Columbia, South America. On this trip, I ran into this awesome missionary named Craig Lingo. This missionary, he'd been there about 40 years, okay, since he graduated Bible college. He'd been on the field doing different stuff. And so he had this incredible camp. This camp was like a $10 million camp in a third world country. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. It'd be incredible by standards of a PGA golf course in the United States. It's absolutely immaculate camp that somebody donated the money. And so these kids would go to camp, okay? I'm talking thousands of kids throughout the summer would go to camp every three days, another group of kids. And the only criteria to go to camp was that you weren't a Christian. That's pretty different, isn't it? Let's send a non-Christian to camp. I'm like, I like where this is going. So I show up to their camp, and they're playing secular songs. They're doing this kind of stuff. And they're reaching kids, and they're preaching the gospel. But in the camp, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids coming to Christ every single week twice a week this, through this camp. And so they invite those kids to church. And this is an incredible church. This church is the first church I went to in my life that I felt was a life-giving church. I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea what that meant. Matter of fact, I couldn't put my finger on it. I just knew there was something different about it. Maybe it's because they played Oceans, right, the first time it came out. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And Oceans in Spanish, by the way, just smokes Ocean in English. I'm just going to say that right now. If you haven't heard it, it is absolutely amazing. And so I'm sitting, sitting there going, man, what is so different about this place? Man, things are happening. This is, I just can't figure out the culture. And so we get done with this trip. It's the last night. We're sitting in the hotel or this house, and we're getting ready to go to the airport the next morning. It's pretty late. And so the missionary, Craig Lingo, is with us. I remember somebody asking the question, hey, Craig, how did you do this? Like, how did you make it 40 years in ministry? All the stuff you could be defeated by. How did you accomplish all this in your life? And he started telling this story. He was telling a story when he was in Bible College down in Springfield. And he worked overnights at an office building. He was cleaning, he was a janitor, and he's cleaning up, so he's taking out the trash, all the desks. And so one of the desks he stopped by had a calendar, and this calendar had pictures of inappropriate women on it. And so he sat at that desk, and he flipped through the calendar. And a voice came into his mind and said, hey, Craig, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. You just got engaged. You're already cheating on your wife before you even married. I don't know why you're wasting your time. You're worthless. You can't go on. Don't fool yourself. And so he said, you know what? I was really defeated. That voice had been playing in my head for a long time. I've been battling that struggle for a long time. I was ready to quit. I went back to my dorm that morning after work, and he opened his Bible. And in the Bible, this verse was the verse that God put into his head. This is found in Psalm 40. So he lifted me out of the slimy pit. This is God. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and set my feet on the rock, on the rock, and gave me a firm place to stand, and he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to God. And he put a new song in his mouth. God was telling him, you've played the same verse in your head for a long time. This, the sound of being ashamed, the sound of being defeated, of condemnation, of fear. And today, Craig, you're going to get a new song, amen? 
I'm going to give you a voice that's going to conquer fear, that you are loved, that you're a child of God, that you need to fix your eyes on things of me and stop worrying about being perfect, that I'm going to change you from the inside out, that you're not, there's no condemnation in Christ, that you're set free by the blood of Jesus, you're a masterpiece created by me, that I love you no matter what you do. You don't have to prove anything to anybody or to yourself. And so this song, he said, this is why I've made it so 40 years in this ministry. It's because I put a new song in my heart, amen? Put a new song, a song that's not defeating, a song that's uplifting, a song that God has for him. I don't know, maybe for some of us, we need a new song. For some of us, we need to hear something new in our life. We need to change the way we think about ourselves. And I believe this. I believe your life is always going the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving the direction of your strongest thoughts. If you want to go towards God, you've got to put godly thoughts in your mind. If you're a negative person, you're going to be a negative person. If you're thinking negative, you're going to be negative. You can't be a positive person with a negative mind. What goes in your mind comes out in your life. So the simple question is this. What stronghold is holding you back? What stronghold do you have in your life that's stopping you from following God? What lie do you believe today? Maybe you say, I'll never get out of debt. It's probably most of us, right? We're never going to get out of debt. I can't trust anyone, man. Life is bad for me. It's never going to be good. I always struggle with my weight. I'm never going to be fit. I'll never get a break. Man, I can't be close to anybody. It never works out. Man, I want to challenge you today. I'm going to train you a little bit. We're going to have two little training sessions. So today and next week, I'm going to help you retrain your mind. I'm going to help you with some disciplines that will help you think differently, real practical stuff. And so today I want to dive into one of those disciplines. And so train your mind is a lot like train your body, which it doesn't sound like fun, does it? <laughs> It's like going to the gym, right? And so you train your body, you work out your body, it gets healthier, right? And so many times you think, well, if I'm gonna be healthy, I'm gonna work out. So I'm gonna get a gym membership and I'm not gonna use it, right? It's gonna be on my keychain for like you know, two years. And you're like, it's been 352 days since you've been here. Cool, well, I'm here now, right? And so you gotta train your body. But you know, it's really not what, just the exercise that you do, it's almost more important what you put in your body than that you actually exercise your body. You know, for some of us, the same thing with our mind. It's not just what you do with your thoughts, it's what you put in your mind so you have the thoughts you have. So most of us, we need to fix our eyes on the things of God. We need to train our mind towards God. So today I want to talk about the discipline of meditation. The discipline of meditation. Meditation is this, to engage in a mental exercise, to focus one's thoughts. It says in Psalms 119, 15, it says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Man, I meditate. I think about. I fix my thoughts on the things of God. Psalms 143 says this, I meditate on all your works, and consider your hands and all you've done. Can you think about all the things that God has done for us? That Jesus died on the cross. The work he started on me when I was a teenager and I came to Christ. But the things that God has done in my marriage. The things I've seen in other people's life that God has done like Craig Lingo. Man, that inspires me. Like this man's humble enough to share his story and how he has a new song. Ooh, man, that's powerful, isn't it? Like I see what God's doing through him. I see what God's doing across the world. What God does through our missionaries. What God's doing in this city. His presence, his power. Like, that challenges me. So I'm going to fix my thoughts on the things of God. You know, some of us like, man, this is kind of getting weird meditation. And no, we're not going to be Tony Horton up here after P90X doing some ohms, okay? We're not, that ain't going to happen. Now I know there's three people who did P90X. That's cool. But we're not going to be one with the universe. We're not going to try to empty our minds. Matter of fact, we're going to do the very opposite. We're going to fill our minds, amen? We're going to fill it with the things of Jesus. We're going to fill it with the truth of Christ. Like, we're not going to try to exit this world. We're going to look for God in everything. So if you're like me, I have like an ADD prayer life. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'll be praying, Lord, God, do this and this and this. And literally like 30 seconds later, right? 30 seconds later, it's like, oh, man, I forgot to change the oil. You know? Like, dude, I was in a text message. I was supposed to, hey, is somebody still in my truck? You know? Like, I hear something outside. Like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, I'm like, just everywhere, right? Our mind always drifts from the things of God. It always drifts. 
They always drift from the things that are pure and right and holy, the things we set our mind on. They just drift. A lot of times they drift into the lies of Satan. We tell, stuff like, tell ourselves this, man, I'm not good enough. Man, I'll never measure up. Man, life is too hard. Man, why even try? Why even try? Why even, why even get up tomorrow on that? Man, nobody cares. Nobody's ever gonna understand and I can't do it. So today I want to challenge you. We've got to break the strongholds in our life. And I believe if we're going to break a stronghold, the only way to do that is to meditate on the truth of Jesus. The only way to break a stronghold is to meditate on the truth of Jesus. I want to illustrate this for you in a very clear way. I believe that we have to know the truth. We have to define the truth for our lives. Write it out. We have to believe it. We have to think it and confess it. That we have to write out the truth, attacking the lie we tell ourselves every day. You have to know what that truth is. You have to know it well enough that you can actually confess it to God. And you have to confess it long enough until you actually believe it. Because you're going to confess something you don't believe at first. I promise you that. You're going to say this about your life. You're like, well, I don't really add up. I don't really add up. And you're still lying to yourself. So let me give you an illustration of what this looks like. So there's a really famous pastor in this country. He does a lot for the cause of Christ here and around the world. One of the most renowned leaders I've ever met. Very, very incredible person. His name is Pastor Louis Giglio. He's the founder of Passion Movement and Passion City Church. This guy is an amazing leader for the cause of Christ. And he's so open with his own battle about anxiety and depression. He says this. He says he literally woke up in a panic. He was thinking he was going to die at 2 o'clock in the morning. He said the moment sent him into a month-long journey, downward spiral into depression, fear, and darkness. He says, spiritually, I was a whack. I was totally out of place. Mentally, for sure. I had, I had a problem. I, had a, I probably had a nervous breakdown. I didn't leave the house for days and days and days. I had to seek medical help. I sought spiritual help. I cried out to God. It was a very, very dark season of my life. He says this about this season. He learned that anxiety isn't a thing. It's a symptom of a thing. And so you have to go a little deeper and ask the question, what's making me anxious? He explained, I gave way too much credit to just anxiety. I had to ask the real question, what is it that I'm afraid of? What is it that I want in a result I'm not getting? What's the, what's the thing I want that I'm not quite, what's my expectation level? He said this, I had to start over again. I had to start all over. My brain needed to start over. Sounds familiar. My nervous system had to be rebooted. It took a long time. And this is what he did to get out of his depression. This is so inspiring. And if you haven't read the book or joined our life group, it goes through a book called The Comeback. If you've read uh, The Giant, Giant, uh, Goliath Must Fall, these books are absolutely practical, and this is his story. But this is what he says in these books. He said, you wake up in the middle of the night, you have fear and anxiety, and you begin to worship Jesus. You begin to sing the songs, the chorus of the songs even we sang today. And just sing it out loud until his fear and anxiety went down and he'd go back to sleep. He said over the weeks and the months, he would wake up and sing less and less songs. And eventually he would just wake up less and less. Isn't that incredible? That he would declare the truth of God. Matter of fact, he wrote the truth of God in a lot of these songs. You don't probably know that for some of us, but he actually wrote, the Passion Movement wrote a lot of these songs we sing here at church. So the very songs we're singing, he penned. He wrote with Chris Tomlin and other guys. And he's waking up all night declaring this truth again. He doesn't even believe it right now. But he's declaring it to God. Hey, God, I believe this about you. I confess this to you. I'm not sure I believe it yet, but I'm going to say this again. And he used to speak that truth over his depression and fear over and over again. And God brought him out of the pit. He exchanged the lies in his life again for the truth of Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. God can give you a new song today. Amen? God can give you a new song. God, you can speak the words of truth in your life, and I promise you, God's going to change your heart over time. You need the truth of Jesus that sets you free. What truth do you need to meditate on today that will set you free, that will demolish the stronghold in your life? For some of you say, you know what? I'm not who others say I am. That's the truth you need to learn. I'm not who others say I am. My identity is in Christ and Christ alone. By God's power, I can change. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desire in me. Amen? My God is for me. My God is with me. He's given me everything I need to accomplish life. I believe today you have to define your stronghold. 
You have to confess the truth to Jesus of what breaks down that stronghold. You have to meditate on that truth. You have to say it. You have to believe it. You have to write it. And you have to confess it until you believe. For some of you, you say this, man, I'm worried all the time. But because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. Now, I don't know what God's will is for my life. Well, know this, my life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice and he leads me into his perfect will. Maybe you're like, I don't have confidence. Well, my confidence is in Christ because Christ alone, because his spirit lives within me. I can do everything he calls me to do. You have to write it. You have to think it. You have to confess it until you believe it over and over again. You have to retrain your mind. It's going to sound silly, doesn't it? Like It sounds really simple. It sounds really simple, but when you get in the moment and you need this, guess what? You're gonna have to make some declarations. And you'll go, you go back to the gym for the first time, after you've been a long time, all of a sudden those like gym shorts are just riding up a little tight. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh man, my butt's hanging out. I'm like, doing my thing, hang clean snatch. I can't snatch this, you know? You're just looking weird. It's all awkward like a junior hire. And the, you know, my, my mind is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there. You know, you get healthy and you're gonna you know, you order a salad at McDonald's because, you know, it's McDonald's salad, you know, it's cool. And all your friends are like, dude, you're eating the food that my food eats, right? Ron Swanson quote, throw that out there. Like, what, you, what happened to you? Why are you trying to go healthy? All of a sudden, it's just weird. Like, everybody's kind of making fun of you a little bit. It's just a little different. And all those little things add up, don't they? All those little things, all those little reps at the gym, all of a sudden, they add up to something big. All of a sudden, you start losing weight. All of a sudden, you start eating healthy. And those things change your life. It's the same way mentally. You have to go to battle every single day with your mind that one day you will exchange the truth of a lie that you believe every day to the truth that sets you free through Jesus. You'll be set free by the truth. All of a sudden, you won't go back to the same way you're doing it. All of a sudden, you're gonna be a better dad. You're gonna be a better boss. You're gonna be a better leader. You're gonna, you're gonna enjoy life for a change, right? You're, you're gonna wake up with some passion. You're gonna take some bold steps. You're gonna lead your family well. All of a sudden, things are different because you're believing the truth and you're gonna inspire somebody else. One day somebody's gonna look at you and you're gonna say, hey, you know what? I follow Jesus because I don't believe a lie because what God set me free. I remember one day I chose to sing a new song on my heart and he set me free. And so today I wanna give you a very practical thing I do every single day. These are called my daily declarations. I say this to myself every single day. I put this in my Bible, it's on my phone, it's on my laptop, it's on my desk. I went through some hard stuff in life. You guys have been through some hard stuff in life, right? And every time you go through something hard, guess what? There's two voices. There's a voice of truth and there's a voice of a lie. So for every one of these declarations, there is a reason I wrote it. And there's a reason because I'm not that good. I, don't, I feel inadequate. I don't feel like I'm good enough. I'll never add up. You know, I battle with putting God first, right? Instead of listening to everybody else and everybody else's expectations just to put God's first in his place. You know, sometimes my priorities get out of whack, right? Like maybe my kids get a little neglected. I'm not home all the time. Maybe I have to battle with a, maybe I heard something critic, like some kind of criticism instead of following the mission path, I kind of get bent out of shape, right? And all of a sudden I struggle with something. And so I wrote these declarations so I could go to battle every morning so I could master my mind. So check this out. Here's the declarations for you. Number one, I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. Because of Jesus, my family is closer, my body is stronger, my faith is deeper, my leadership is sharper. I'm creative, innovative, driven, focused, and blessed beyond all measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. My gift is leadership. I develop leaders with open hands, delegating authority, and empowering others with room to fail. I love Diane, and I will serve her fully and first. My children will be world changers who do more for God's kingdom than I can ever imagine. I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to love God and serve them with their entire heart. I love my job. It's more than a job, it's a calling. I'll be faithful to what God's put in my hand so I can fulfill what God has put in my heart. I'm disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Uncomfortable is my new comfortable, amen? I rejoice in the suffering because Christ suffered for me. 
I give generously to the helpless and hurting and speak on their behalf. I love people and believe the best in people. Man, somebody's got to put that one down today. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. My prayers are powerful, effective, and diligent. I'm blessed beyond a measure, giving generously and liberally to advance his kingdom. Now, I love this. I'm not a victim of circumstances, amen? But I'm gifted, I'm created, I'm, I'm called to lead the circumstances I'm in from what they are to what they can be. I bring my best and then some. I love this one. I bring my best and then some. And it's what I do after I bring my best that makes the biggest difference. My best is not an excuse. My preaching is powerful because God's word is alive and I'm gifted by God to communicate his life-changing truth and the world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today, amen? I wanna invite you guys to stand to your feet real quick. I just wanna encourage you, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. I believe for someday today, you're one decision away from taking your, your life off course. So for some of you today, you're one decision away from ending your marriage. For some of you, you're one decision away from throwing away your relationship that you should keep. Maybe you're one decision away from walking away from the will of God. And maybe one day, 40 years from now, somebody's gonna ask you, how did you do it? How did you make it 40 years? How did you be such a great husband? How did you be such a great spouse? How did you be such a great leader? How did you do all this through God? And you're gonna go back and say, you know what? There was a day in my life where I changed my song. This day in life, I didn't, I didn't believe the lies anymore. I wasn't picking up what the world was putting down. I decided I was gonna follow Jesus. I was gonna be set free from all the lies that he puts in my mind. I'm gonna take captive every single thought. Can we be that kind of church that's set free today? What do you need to be set free from? This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.